Welcome all you masters of dungeons, all you players of characters to split screen D&D, the place where we are attacking all things D&D from both sides of the screen. My name is Tom Quinn, resident dungeon master here at Modern Myth. And I'm Josh Wyden's resident player character here at Modern Myth. And I think uh, I think we've got uh, we've got a good one for you. We're kind of kicking off uh, something of a series, I guess you could say. Yes, uh, I think anything more than two is a series, right? I mean, yes, definitely. Sweet. Um, and that is the pillars of gameplay. And mm -hmm. I think today we are going to be diving straight into social interaction. Ooh. Um, I think it's a I think it's a good place to start. Okay. I, All right. I think. Um, yeah. Let's uh, do. Uh, I don't know if you want me to start. If you want to start with this one, um, well, see, it's just so combat. The pillar is combat's the one that calls me the most, uh, and social's up there. But um, I'm trying to think of why social is so much fun in D and D. And uh, do you have any thoughts or, or about that? Like, what is it? Um, well, one, I think, uh, I think it's probably the most. Dungeons and Dragons experience of all the pillars. And that might sound a little bit odd because when people think of Dungeons and Dragons, they think about slashing up monsters and collecting loot. And mm -hmm. um, But you can slash up monsters and collect loot in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of places where if you need that fix, uh, you know, throw, throw a dart. If, if you have a PC or a console in your home, I, I guarantee you are, you are a couple seconds away from cutting up monsters and yeah. collecting loot. Um, it's really, really hard to say the same about what transpires socially at mm -hmm. the table. And I think that that is really what makes that pillar stand out as something that is really, not, and I shouldn't say unique to Dungeons and Dragons, but unique to tabletop role-playing games. Yeah, because there's lots of other uh, tabletop games that do that as well. Right. But yeah, um, it is something totally unique. And e even when you try to replicate it in other things, like... It's pretty fun. Have you ever seen like uh, people doing GTA role playing and stuff like that? Yeah, it's interesting, but it's still nowhere near. It feels as personable as you can get at the table with other human beings, right. looking in their face, looking in their eyes. Yeah, and I think interestingly, um, social is probably the pillar that is most removed from our actual everyday lives. I mean, we have social interactions, probably, but <laughs> but generally speaking, I would say you know, those social interactions are obligatory. Okay. You know, we're, we're interacting with coworkers. We're interacting with, you know, you got to pay the guy at the gas station, whatever. And those mm -hmm. can be fine uh, interactions. But the the social pillar of D&D, really what you're wanting to wring out of that, both as a player, I think, and as a DM, mm -hmm. is meaningful interactions. Mm -hmm. And I think, really, think about all the interactions you have throughout your day as a human being, and how many of them would you classify as meaningful interactions? Right. Um, and I think that that speaks to kind of the why that is such an important element of the game, and why it's it, uh, as I said originally, it really it really is kind of unchallenged uh, or or underchallenged by way of experiences. Mm -hmm. Whereas, let's say, exploration and combat, maybe not to the same extent. Yeah. And just thinking that as uh, as a player, like combat and exploration seems like, is like a natural thing to be able to really uh, engage in the social pillar. It's it, it stepping on on that ledge is really difficult, but it it it's all it's necessary. So, how do you think? 
a player or uh, heck, a, my gosh, a DM is way more social probably than any other player character because of all the characters you have to juggle. Yeah, certainly by certainly by quantity. Um, if if you know, I mean, there there. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. It's it's a different animal for mm-hmm. sure. But um, when, when would you say like how or how would you say uh, a person get into that social pillar and like really engage in it and be successful in it? Um, I think. I honestly, I think it's doing it. I, I, I think, you know, much, much as someone who is really enjoys their combat, who really likes the nuts and bolts, uh, of combat interactions playing out the, the way in which the rules interact to allow these awesome combat scenarios to, to play out in a kind of organized chaos manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should feel like chaos to the characters, no kidding. but as the players, if it doesn't feel like there's some semblance of organization, what the hell are we doing? Right. Um, I think in the same way that someone can really go down that rabbit hole of building characters, I'm talking about a certain I've someone never, here. I don't know what you're talking um, about. Building characters. I feel attacked. You know, thinking about that optimization. But it still, it it takes time. When you first came to the game, you may that may have been something you were interested in, mm-hmm. but you really have to know those rules. You have mm-hmm. to understand. Um, and on the social side, I think... It's it's the same thing, but there there really aren't the same rules in place that kind of govern, you know, how or what you should be doing at the table in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for for anyone, uh, and t- to whatever degree you extend your social interactions at the table, if that's full on personas, accents, mm-hmm. uh, some people go so far as to be in 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 dress, cosplayed mm-hmm. out for the occasion. Um, whatever that is, that that whatever happy medium you find in in that uh, threshold, it's doing it. You mm-hmm. you just have to get in there and do it for a couple of reasons. I think one, uh, I mean, practice makes perfect. But but less about learning the actual process, more about getting comfortable with the process. I, I think there's a lot of new players, and I've been I have been very surprised by how quickly new players will start reaching. Mm. Um, and I, I tend to lend that to the fact that I'm always introducing new players alongside veteran players, players that I know are going to help nurture them into that space. Mm-hmm. And it is infectious when you have some subset of the table mm-hmm. who are doing it. Yeah. They're, you know, they're what, again, to whatever extreme you guys take it. Um, it's really hard as someone else at the table it feels awkward to not do it at that point. Whereas yeah. when you, I'm, I, I know as a new player, you're going like, okay, I'm going to be sitting down. There's going to be a bunch of people there. And mm-hmm. They probably played forever. And you're feeling like it's going to be really awkward when I have to say that first thing. Mm-hmm. But when you have to say that first thing and things are already going on around you mm-hmm. in this kind of immersive experience, I I certainly think that you, you can kind of turn those tables. Mm-hmm. But like anything, I really think it just comes down to doing it. It's, yeah. it's repetition, whether that's at the table or, um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for what can be done away from the table as well. Um, I don't want to go there quite yet because okay. I want to give you a chance to kind of give your, give yeah. your sense on, on the same subject. Well, I liked, uh, that you said, just do it. And I was just thinking, it's like, well, what I like about one of the things I like about social is it's not really that penalized. Maybe, you know, like you have to convince a king or something. But most of the time you're just talking to someone. If you say, like, if you flunder up something or something doesn't quite work out or you mix up your accent, whatever, it's not a big yeah. deal. Uh, versus combat, we're like, oh, shoot, I uh, decided to jump off a ledge instead of hitting the guy. I mean, it, it's uh, you get punished severely. So it's such a, a 
is a very low bar to entry. And it's one of those things, like you're saying, it's a social skill, right? So the, it's a skill. The more you do it, the better you get. Uh, and do what you're comfortable with. I mean, you don't have to do an accent. You don't have to do anything to your voice. You don't have to do... F- Dude, my speeches are horrible 80% of the time. Like, they're pretty bad. Every time I walk away, it's like, man, that was a poor speech. There, there's been some solid I appreciate There's that. been some solid moments. But I think that's a testament to the fact that you need to rapidly get okay with the fact that what you've got going on up here, that perfect, awe-inspiring thing you know you're going to say when the moment comes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that that sometimes it doesn't come out the way that you've mm-hmm. been thinking about it. And that does get a little bit to the the outside of game thing. That's not to say, you know, pre-script everything you're going to... St- oh you know, don't try to play that game. No. But it does mean that you... There's certainly opportunities outside of the game to be thinking mm-hmm. as your character, to be... You know, I mean, you can conjure up all manner of scenarios mm-hmm. without a DM sitting there giving them to you, right? And kind of just get a sense of, you know, how does my character act? when my character gets angry? How angry does my mm-hmm. character get when mm-hmm. I, you know? So there's yeah. some there's some some <laughs> places that you yeah can... look like a crazy. I, I've I've totally done this. Look like a crazy person and talk like hell and and put myself in situations. And even at the table, I can be like, oh, I sense something like a speech is happening because Kel's the 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 paladin. He's got to give speeches. It's like, okay, I can see. So I already start prepping in my head the key points I want to hit. And then in the final moment, I do it. But I, I flub it all the time. And it's it's fine. Yep. Uh, it's not that I, big a deal. I think that's the, the biggest barrier to people investing themselves in social is a concern. And something that we touched in a different episode was kind of the barrier of the of fear mm, that that, fear. Mm-hmm. that I think and and again if if what your table likes to do socially is um this kind of uh, let's say narrative prescriptions like my character wants to go uh go buy the barmaid a uh, drink mm-hmm. as opposed to putting on the character and going and right. and buying the barmaid a drink great that's i mean that's what your table's doing mm-hmm. but I think there's people who, if they're wanting to cross that barrier into what what I would call, and this is this is not to denigrate the the former, uh, but what I would call a richer social experience. I don't think that there's any arguing. I mean, mm-hmm. you may not get much out of social. Don't emphasize it in your game, but mm-hmm. if you do, um, I think there's no question that that adding persona that mm-hmm. doesn't have to be an accent, that doesn't have, but it's an attitude. It's a it's a, a feeling. Um, adding that to your NPCs, adding that to mm-hmm. your to your player, um, really does start to tell a tremendous amount of story in between the lines. You might mm. say something, and it's more how you said it than what you said. Mm-hmm. And especially early in the game, when your party is kind of getting to know each other, getting introduced to each other, in some cases, it's just the way a player orders a drink. Yeah. You know, a snap of the fingers and a tap on the table is... A very different way of ordering a drink than going. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. Could I have another ale, please? Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, so I. I really think that um, crossing that barrier. I, where, whereas I agree, the barrier to entry for dungeon for for the social pillar of Dungeons and Dragons is very very low, mm-hmm. and constructed by the person who is standing on the other side of that barrier. However, mm. con- however concerned they are about looking like a fool at the table. Mm-hmm. 
that is their barrier to getting more out of the social, out mm-hmm. of this pillar, out of this space. Yeah. And I can I can tell everyone uh, at home, if you have been playing the game for a while or if you're new to the game, um, you know, figure out what you want out of the game. But if, if you're wanting richer social experiences, uh, it's incumbent on you as a DM, as mm. a player, to break down that barrier and just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say in, in, in my experience, when you have, when it starts happening at the table, it's like I said, it's infectious. infectious. It's, it's, it's very difficult to, to not start feeling this momentum, socially speaking, yeah. when, when players begin really actuating um, yes. that pillar from, from a, a player perspective, mm. I, I do think there's some nuance. Like you, you mentioned, you know, that, I mean, a DM is obviously putting on a lot of personas and engaging in a very broad spectrum of social right. uh, interactions. Um, but as a player, what would you say, like, what is the most important consideration that, that you have in your mind for um, really getting the most out of that pillar? And, and I think you're a good candidate for this because I think fundamentally, like, if you had to subscribe to one pillar only, you probably subscribe to the combat pillar. Right. I know you really get that a lot out, out of the game from That's that. That's my favorite by far. But, but I do enjoy. Well, I was going to say, you've, you've, you have gone above and beyond in mm-hmm. the in the social side what allowed you to get more of that out of that experience compared to prior campaigns that we've played yeah uh i think the big biggest thing is um how interesting things could get um because in this campaign we went really hard into our character creation and our backstories and we really knew and we didn't know each other uh there's so many like intricacies we don't know about each other so the social was really able to bring that to light. So especially at the beginning, it was just fun sitting at a, t- uh, at a tavern, drinking beers, and just like asking questions and learning about each other. Doing it in an organic way was sometimes difficult. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that was one of the, the things that really turned me on is it just, it took the immersion and just the, the, the depth of the game to just such a huge next level. Right. And I think if executed well the meaning that you can impart into the rest of the game through the social. Mm-hmm. If, um, let's say you go, you approach some Lord who's got a, a quest for you, and the Lord goes, please help me with this quest. I have a quest for you. Here, Here's what I need you to do. Can you go kill this monster? Yes, I will go kill this monster. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's actually what you want. Sometimes, Sometimes it doesn't need to have you know, a, a, an, right. an overly convoluted meaning, mm-hmm. but absolutely there are, uh, encounters. There are, there are plot hooks. There are adventures that your characters can go on where what they are striving towards means so much more because they can reel back to a very powerful motivation from, from who they got the encounter for. It could even be one of the players is, mm. is powerfully motivated. And generally, I think that fuse is ignited in the social pillar. Mm-hmm. It's a compelling reason a, you know, a distraught mother whose child has been kidnapped uh, is a very different thing than a distraught mother whose child has been kidnapped. Right. You know, I, yeah. and, and I, I think that, I think that by, by really, um, as a as a DM, and I would say the social pillar for those 
DMs out there. If if you are wanting more of that from your players, mm-hmm. um, this there isn't a better example. Mm-hmm. There isn't a better example of lead by example. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want more of that at your table, start start investing yourself in those spaces. Um, make your players look at you awkward, like you really, are you really gonna make me do this right now? Like are you really gonna you know, and, and again, make is maybe too strong yeah. a word. But but certainly it's hard to just to to you know you go like you know what could I get you there boy and and uh, and you go like I want my it. my player orders two ales yeah, yeah. yeah you know I mean yeah. and I think that that's it gets hard to maintain that if you mm. the, the more that you impart in that space mm-hmm. the more it, it it just kind of organically mm-hmm. asks like hey someone someone take this baton someone right. run with this and they might not right away which could be really hard. Uh, right. And right. and that's something I absolutely don't I don't think should ever be foist mid-session. Right. It's something you should be talking with your players about if you're wanting more out of the social. And as mm-hmm. a player, the same, you know, if if that's something that you're wanting more in the game, you know, it could well be a deal where your your DM is all about social, but just assumes that everyone in the party wants to kill monsters and yeah. you know, so so just make your make your wants known in that right. space because I do think social is one of those ones, it's probably carries the most varied contention about the game. I don't think there's too many people who go, you know, uh, I don't like when people run too much combat. I don't like when people, I mean, you know, like combat is combat exploration. I mean, these are, these are such cornerstone elements. And I really think it's a, it's a, not a bad example of the divide between kind of this new resurgent D and D, which I would say has elevated the social pillar to, uh, in, in some cases I would say elevated it above the other pillars. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't necessarily advocate for that, but mm-hmm. I do think that I think that the social pillar um, in older editions and obviously mm-hmm. all editions were what you made of them. So right. it's not like, Oh, all of a sudden they released fifth edition and now everyone's free to finally play the social games they wanted. Right. Um, they've always been there and I'm sure people have always been playing high yeah. social games but there's that one group that made it very popular and yes but well, and, and i think and and the thing is is i think that part of the reason that garnered so much attraction is because i think people have an innate longing to consume narratives and to create their own and yes. and it, it's tough to find a medium where you can do that with such little overhead Mm, you yeah, know, so true. I mean, um, just buy a couple books and you can make it work. Yeah. And and I think that sitting down at the table, you know, the, the alternative, and I think we've touched on this before, certainly from a DM standpoint, mm-hmm. the alternative of, say, writing a book and, you know, is is now now you got to find someone to to read it and then hopefully they'll share their feelings on it. And it's right. You know, and and, you know, everyone's sitting down at the table and, and building this story together. Um the the social i think pillar really does encapsulate the narrative construction of the game right um, and i think certainly the other pillars all of these overlap there's well, a I was Venn diagram say, of- yeah it's like i almost want to go in two different directions now do you want to talk about trying to work social into maybe more combat things or how to work your social role playing into exploration which would be fun as heck to talk about or maybe one thing I was thinking about is how amazing social is in breaking up, uh, really helping with the pacing of the game. Because if you just go combat, 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 and man, it gets we, it gets stressful. Right. And uh, uh, some really nice social. In fact, we often ask for this. Like, man, Tom, we just want to sit and talk in a tavern for a little bit. We're talking, you know. Right. Yeah. When I mean, when there is a uh, 
a narrative that is kind of pulling you to to act, pulling you to, you know, do something here, be the heroes here. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's it's a really I think a really special space when you mm-hmm. find those gaps in between, um, where players are able to reflect on the things that they've done. That's what I was just saying. It's almost a way for us to process them as people and also process them as our characters would process them, which makes it everything more meaningful. Yeah, and I think as you are talking about that, and again, so much can be revealed about in one of the really early uh, encounters that you guys had um, to give everyone at home. the fish, the the rafts? (laughs) No, your best let's, encounter let's ever made. Not talk about, let's not talk about the Quippers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, it wasn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't actually long off of that. Um, so, uh, again, a little backstory for, or context for everyone at home. You guys uh, had fought your way to Black Spire um, to deliver a specimen, an undead, uh, an oh, undead, yeah. a special uh, zombie. Yeah, an undead, uh, what, what had been a paladin. Um, mm-hmm one of the two that had returned from uh from the the from Chult, the the plague, oh, yes. yep. plague-ridden island uh in the south the other one had escaped and uh you you guys had kind of only had intimations that he was out there in the ether and ultimately came face to face with him in the in the dungeon of blackspire in fact he kind of came came up your ass no wording um <laughs> Uh, but no, he kind of. This is a family program, this a family, Tom. This is a family program, which is why it, I meant it exactly the way I said it, not the way it sounded. Uh, <laughs> you guys need to educate your kids earlier. <laughs> um, no, but you—I mean, you guys are standing there. You've just kind of had this interaction with um, Alistair, the necromancer that yep. you went there to treat with. I love him, by the way. Yeah, you—you. You, I got uh, along with him so well. We we're best buds. As as you pushed into to that space, you kind of finish up there, and as you turn to leave. You're face down with the kind of gaunt, uh, emaciated, rotting corpse of um, of Brother Orm, who was the the other paladin that escaped. You guys had a, a pretty tense encounter with him as he had a, a blade that was doling out some pretty gnarly, uh, necrotic kind of damage. After that fight, though, it was the first time that Katarina, who had, she's she's had a you know, she's had her own backstory scraps and what have you. Um, but she, uh, it was, it was really the first time that she endured her own mortality during mm-hmm. the campaign. And, um, and there was an interaction where you guys were all sitting around after the fact. And, and that was like, for her, that was it. Like, like there was a massive amount of second guessing, this lifestyle. I mean, what, mm. you know, what to that point had been kind of like, Hey, we're adventurers. Look, we're doing good for the realm. We're right. kind of out to, and, and then shit hit the fan. And it was, it, there was, there was so much exchange between characters. Whereas Kel, who has existed as a soldier for so long, right. this was a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a very different experience and watching you guys find a common ground, especially amidst some tension that was existing between your characters. Mm. Um, there was some really cool, uh, some really cool opportunities in those social interactions. And mm-hmm. I would urge uh, DMs who are out there who are, you know, you're moving through your narrative, your pacing's going along, everything's feeling great. Don't uh, don't shy away from the opportunities to to open that space up for players to, to find those social mm-hmm. interactions. Yeah. Um, 
because uh, again, some of the some really really meaningful role play can come yeah. out of those spaces. So I know the temptation can kind of be there to be like, you know, what's in the next room, you know, that big thing's coming, right, you know, right. and kind of go like, all right, let's yeah, yeah, let's yeah. speed it up. Um, you know, when you when you are in those spaces where characters are engaging in the social pillar. Um, you know, keep those same sharp eyes on for opportunities to spring a trap on someone mm-hmm. or opportunities to, um, you know, put a cool twist in, in the exploration that's been going on. Um, keep those same, those same glasses on for, for when a moment is, is becoming meaningful and, give opportunity to clear that scene and let that play out because mm. in some cases what could take sessions for a dm to coax out of a party yeah will come out very organically and in a very meaningful way right yeah between the party and it's one thing when we find out from each other um uh, and especially early on sometimes there's a lot of awkward spaces and something that i've always appreciated about you is you've let us dwell a little bit and the awkwardness. You weren't trying to rush us uh, sometimes when you're like, guys, we like haven't done shit today. Like, can we leave the tavern, please? But yeah, there's there's definitely times. But <laughs> but for the most part, it's like you let us play out a scene until we as players feel like we're good, uh, which, you know, sometimes uh, that that ends in an awkwardness. Not every conversation is freaking Emmy worthy, you know, critical role worthy. But uh, it's it's. Never am I like, man, why did we have that conversation? Right, right. And I think I think taking taking time as a DM, I mean, you you're probably already doing this in your own games if um if this is one of the pillars that you really lean on mm-hmm. and you really like to develop. Um, but I I that idea of and I will actually uh if if you won't say it, I'm going to. I have let you guys dwell to a fault in some cases. I and, and and but I I really do think the lesser of two evils is allowing that to play out. Yeah, I guess yeah, because there's definitely times when it's like, why are we still talking? But yeah. because it's, we didn't have the I don't know if maturity is the right word. We just didn't have the like, okay, this is a good place to call it. We just need. It. I'm going to sleep now. Like yeah. how to end it. And and I think that uh, I think that you as as a player in or as a, a DM in the social space. You will get cues from your players who value the other pillars more. That that there has been enough social in this space. Have and I ever given you a cue like that yes. before? Yeah, I've gotten <laughs> I've gotten that cue. I've got I've definitely gotten the No, and, and so it's one of those things where be be cognizant of those. Like, you know, you're you're engaging in the space. And I know you've got a lot on your shoulders. You're running, maybe you're running multiple characters, maybe you're, mm-hmm. you know, but just reading your players' engagement, you know you have players who engage differently with the different pillars in the game. Mm-hmm. And you may have players who are heavily engaged in a social experience. Absolutely allow that to blossom and, and play out. But also there are times in which uh, at, at, you can feel it as a DM. I think players can feel it around the table. There are times when social is just there for social sake. It's what's mm-hmm. transpiring isn't meaningful enough to mm-hmm. justify. And that that just, I think, takes playing the game as as much yeah. as we talked about learning and that might happen every once in a while it's not the end of the world for sure but just because time is valuable and you're already sitting down for how many hours you right. want to make sure those hours are, are are meaningful absolutely so let's talk a little bit about um kind of pivoting because you you were you were talked about a 
fork in the road here that we could have gone a couple oh, of different ways. Oh, boy, not um, to think back to what I said. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I was going to say, you know, I think we just coming off of what we were talking about, there's there's a fair bit to be said, especially if you are a social-centric DM or at least a equal opportunity uh, pillared DM. Mm-hmm. Um I guess the the question that I have, and I think this is a question that I would ask for any of the pillars, um, as a player, what is the difference between an awesome social encounter okay. and a social encounter? Like, what, what takes a social encounter to the next level? And whether this is a true encounter, as in, like, you know, you're making skill checks and things like that, or... Or just a, a a simple conversation between players. Uh, you, you take your pick, but what what would you say? What's the difference? Like what you could know. could be implemented? Um, I, we've said the word a lot, and I think it just resonates. It's, it's got to be meaningful. Uh, you could have like an Emmy speech, but if there's nothing like nothing happening behind it, then what's the point? Like you can use all the flowery words you want, and you could nail the accent perfectly, but if it's what you're saying is just not you are important or have anything to do it's just you're just filling space and i think probably to a greater or lesser extent uh that importance is probably incumbent upon the the dm in this space i mean there needs to be some weight that is asking hey step out there and give them give them that big speech rally the troops well if you're just rallying them to go to the mess hall and eat dinner yeah, you so know. you need the opportunities, but it's also up to like the player has to take the like you're you might give them the 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 door, but they have to walk through it. So if you're a player, you know it's pick your moments, uh, know when to. Uh, I, I harped on this I think a while ago. Uh, don't be that guy who tries to always hog the spotlight, which can be a negative for the social players. They're always dominating the social sphere. If you don't feel like your character is really well suited for that particular situation shut up and let someone else take a stab at it and see what happens if they need support 100% but let other people talk yeah i i really like that notion because i think um oftentimes there are players or i should say more properly well players and characters who are really well suited at navigating the social pillar of right. the game especially if they're like a character built for it then i mean it makes sense that they're yeah. doing most of the talking but i think that does not um, absolve them from making space for characters who who maybe aren't as proficient in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, nor does it absolve a a character who, you know, the the player who is standing in that shadow mm-hmm. from occasionally taking the reins and, you know, making the most out of that space. Now, again, Everybody at the table is getting different things. If they, you know, had to rank order their pillars within the 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 game space, um, so that is not a call for someone who just gets nothing out of social. To, mm-hmm. I think that is much as uh, in combat we might be engaging with the world based on our, but based on those strengths that mm-hmm. we're, you know, you know, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not going to do something that is totally out of the skill purview of my class, right. generally speaking. Um, I think the same can be said for um, for the kind of operating in that that social pillar space mm-hmm. is don't feel like 
just so you can check the box of, oh, hey, I did a big social thing. Yeah. You know, there are absolutely characters who who say nothing. I was reading a, a story about uh, and a, the, uh, the uh, guy who posted, who, who made the post, was just talking about their campaign and kind of trying to suss out the the feelings of the players in the party uh, as one of the players in the party was playing a mute. Ooh. Which is a really, I mean, there's some some very interesting social implications right. in that, you know, I mean, is that is that person playing that character as just a means of sidestepping the social bar altogether? Or is it um, like the ultimate challenge? I mean, and, and, <laughs> and the thing is, is I think there's either way, there's, yeah. some, there's something compelling about that. So yeah, actually the more um, I think about the funner that sounds funner is not a word, but, but it's, it is one of those things where, uh, so, you know, there's some interesting tie-ins to kind of the, the broader aspect. And with you being, uh, I know that, Generally, when you're thinking about building awesome characters, mm -hmm. you're probably not going like, man, this one's going to talk so good. You know, like yeah. that. But uh, there is some consideration in that space for the fact that that maybe maybe the thing that really does make your character heroic mm -hmm. is their ability to to charm the pants off of anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, there's many a bard out there oh, who I'm sure thinks of themselves this way. Their, their DMs very likely would tell a different story. Yeah, but... their DMs love them, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, but... fuck the bard. Um, I, bouncing off that real quick, because, uh, again, a uh, little-known fact, I like to think mechanically. Um, it, I think it is really nice uh, when you're building out your character to figure out, because you have three three skills that are social, uh, pers uh, persuasion, intimidation, and deception is to kind of figure out, yeah, my character fits more this and then uh, become proficient in that skill just so you have a social skill in your back pocket that you don't feel totally, absolutely useless in yeah. social situations. And, and quite frankly, I would say it doesn't matter how um, socially inept your character is you you can be you could be a uh, a slobbering six intelligence orc if that's what you want it to or be a paladin well you're not slobbering most of the time but eh. it's, a, <laughs> it's it's like a, a a gentle stream of yeah, drool it's quite I would a say. beautiful stream yeah, of, I, it's of got drool. a silvery glow to it um no but <laughs> but the thing is is but you're also a paladin so you're fundamentally there is some charisma backing your right, right. ability to interact I, I would say what when I think of kind of the least socially inclined tropes, they tend to be the brutish barbarian, mm -hmm. you know, character who just kind of stands and grunts in the back. But when that barbarian starts yelling at you, then all of a, then that intimidation comes in, and you're like, "Wow, right?" That, you know, he said something. And and I like that you touched on the mechanical side of things because I really do think that these go hand in hand, whichever order you want to do them in. We've, okay. we've kind of already discussed the order that we think about doing things. Yeah. Um, but I'm still right. <laughs> but I, I was pretty sure that episode that you decided that I had won the argument. I think you said, didn't you say something? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever <laughs> once said, no, I think, <laughs> no, it, uh, but that social skill, picking one now, mm -hmm. now maybe you're a much more social character and you want to be nuanced and be able to charm some people and deceive others. And, but there, there really is no character I think you can conceive of that wouldn't revel in successfully intimidating, 
deceiving mm-hmm. or persuading mm-hmm. another character. And and that will really begin to like that should be your stake in the ground for your entire persona. Mm. If fundamentally when you need people to do stuff, do you deceive them, persuade them, intimidate them? Yeah. We're we're kind of getting to a uh, a mechanical space. I, but I think it's it is hugely informative mm. to the way like if you've made intimidation your primary skill, that is not to say some situations don't require a softer touch. Oh yeah. Maybe just roll roll the worst. And this, I will say, in the this happens, I think, more in the social sphere than maybe anywhere else. But players try it all the time. You filthy, you filthy sons of guns yeah, out there. Uh, is when you you go, all right, give me a XYZ check. And they go, like, could it be a Totally different check. Uh, this is not an uncommon thing from any players. I think. Yeah, we used. To, I, I, I we really used. Think. I don't think we do it as bad anymore, but we used to do this all the time. Yeah. I mean, virtually every check, you just be like, <laughs> can it be the one that I have expertise in right. instead? Yeah. I would be. You know. So, but I think I think probably because the because I think the social space is just a little more loosely tethered to the the hard and fast rule set. Mm-hmm. It's not so much the ask for a different role. It's the let me conceptualize how I can act in a totally unrealistic way such that I can make the role that I'm good at. See, yeah, and there, there I think the biggest problem is you're not being authentic to your character. Right, and and I think that there are times where the barbarian orc needs to try and persuade someone. It will likely be a fail, and as we talked about in the failure episode, right. it will probably be a moment that people look back and be like, "Hey, remember, yeah. remember when Grutok tried to, you know, tried to convince that gnome to give us all his candy, right. like by being nice instead Where of where did yelling? you come up with that scenario? You know, gnomes I, and candy, huh? Gnomes, gnomes and candy. Anyway, right. <laughs> everyone knows. I mean, just uh, everyone knows. Check, gnomes. check your gnome lore. Buddy. I guess I do, right? <laughs> But a one thing born I, with a lollipop in hand. Jesus. One thing I do like about social compared to a lot of the other pillars is I don't feel failure is as punishing. So I'm not as afraid to. Cal uh, has been doing a lot of intimidation checks, right? Which is not what he's trained in. But that's just in the when I feel like when Cal is like making like he's going to be intimidating a certain and he's just going to do it. So I just roll with it. And it's it, I've never ever been like, man, I should have tried a persuasive track. Yeah. And I really think um, it's, uh, and I absolutely get why it's a difficult thing to do for the mm-hmm. same reason that when you're in combat and you go, well, I can roll with a plus nine and slash them with the sword, or I can pick up that rock <laughs> and I can roll with a, like a plus three. Right. And, and you know, and not to mention you add the damage differences. And, yeah. You know, whatever, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. but. No one would fault someone for slashing the sword there. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the core differences between social and mm-hmm. combat. And that is not to say, play your own game. You do you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I really think the moment that people are going to look back on is going to be the true-to-character mm-hmm. failure. Or, again, the moment people really look back on is when you go... I have a six intelligence. I'm going to go ahead and make that arcana check. And you crit. You, oh. you know, you roll. <laughs> like, those are the moments where, and and the thing is, is it's just, it's it's because you have subverted all expectation mm-hmm. in, in the moment. Everyone expects 
a you know a, a high charisma character to be able to woo the barmaid, maybe get their their tab paid for, or what have you. Getting those sweet pants. I mean, you know, it depends Bard on the life. Yeah, you're a paladin, all right. Button it up. <laughs> Button it up behind your for your, now. Your your uh, your. I'm gonna multi class in a bar. Plate mail chastity belt. <laughs> no, my my goddess is cool. She lets me do what I want. That's true, but only with her, really. I mean, <laughs> um, so no, I think I and I. So what I love about and I really want to start kind of rounding out this so the yeah, social pillar here. What I what I love about social as a DM is. I, well, I think to some extent it is to how how loosely tethered it is to the rule set. There is really, there's really no, there's really no template, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, for what a social encounter should look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be your your magical uh, decanter of whiskey suddenly springs to life and has a personality of its own. Oh, and Can I have one of those? Um, you guys have one. We do? You took it. Yes. I didn't know we had that. Yeah. Who took that? Aster took it. Of course he did. Yeah. Um, alcoholic teenager. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, and like, I think, like, you're, you can, you can do a lot in the social space by way of, a, as a DM, allowing your players to tell the story, mm. you know, I mean, you're doing a lot by way of creating events in the world that kind of pull them through this narrative space. But when, when someone is saying something that's meaningful about the campaign, mm-hmm. it, I mean, almost certainly it's happening within that social pillar. Um, and I would say all the better that it's coming out of a player's mouth. And, and as DMs, the more that we can nurture space for our players to do that, the more that we can give them important things to think about and important things that they need to interact with the world to, to suss out, whether that's acquiring important information, acquiring equipment. I mean, a, a simple interaction with a, with a smithy could, could well be, uh, could well turn into a much more meaningful thread that that carries the story in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think that the the social space is as a DM. I think it's actually where a lot of DMs. It's probably the biggest pull to sit in the DM chair because everybody. I mean, I think everybody likes combat more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you love combat. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I feel like my perception is if combat was my main squeeze, I'd want to be on the hero side of it. Mm-hmm. Because as a DM, you lose them all <laughs> right up until you don't. No, and not, that's, unless you you're know, good, then most good DMs. They, really, really good DMs win the, always very, win the very first encounter. <laughs> Make new characters. And then they, and then they tell, send everybody home and tell them, thanks, thanks for thanks. showing up. <laughs> thanks for spending the last week yep. thinking up your character and um, What's that one of the Onion movie with the uh, they're playing D and D in the library? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what is it? Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Proteus the Invincible. <laughs> he just yeah. wrecks all the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, if you're doing that, you shouldn't be a, a DM. Um, but and so I think that's what that's kind of it's a space where you can yeah you can suss out stories in in without 
without doing anything. You're literally mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. stepping away and kind of watching things unfold for your Which players. Which is also probably nice for DM is that you can kind of just like let things go for a little bit. You know, if it's intra-party, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the other end of it yeah, is way more intense. Um, from the player side, I, I was going to mention, uh, and I don't know if we have time for it, and you can stop me. The what could be a negative side of social? Let's uh, do it really quick, just especially player to player. If you are the actor in your in your group, uh, don't. It's kind of like the min maxer. Don't force people to be a min maxer if they're not min maxer. If you're a narrator or an actor and and no one else wants to meet you on that level, don't force it on other people. I'm not saying don't do it at your table, but don't look at them expectantly like, hey, why aren't you guys doing what I'm doing? Hey, did you know it'd be so much more cooler if you had an accent? Like, no, let them enjoy the game they're supposed to enjoy the game. Uh, yeah. You know, it's 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 a personal thing. Yeah, and I think hearkening back to one of the very early points we made in in these discussions, if you're finding that, and this goes for whatever you get mm-hmm. out of the game, yes. if you're finding that you you are just... Things. Every time you're really wishing you were engaging more in social, I think out of game, there are things you can do to to in entice other players into a more social experience. Okay, but if you're not, if I mean, if you're doing what you can to say, hey, what what do you guys think about this? Right. There, there are tables out there that that would love to have yep. you doing your Absolutely thing. Absolutely love to have so, an actor at their table. So keep, keep that in mind. And yeah. this goes for any of the pillars. Yes, is you know I think as DMs, as far as I'm concerned, the goal of a DM is mm-hmm. to um, throughout whatever stories are being told at the table to try and provide a certain amount of representation of all the pillars. And now you should skew that representation to some extent based on what you're, if, if no one at your table wants to, to do hex grid explorations, well then, then maybe run your overland travel really streamlined and kind of you get from point, you yeah, know, yeah, um, if, if exploration isn't their thing, if, if uh, everyone at your table is social is not their thing, it, but a lot of that just comes from, Knowing knowing your table and and scaling right. your game accordingly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the I guess the last couple of things in, that I would have on my mind regarding social mm, um, mm-hmm. is is to kind of be thinking about the I guess the 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 weight of the respective pillars in the game. And by right. weight, not necessarily weights, maybe not not the best term. But when I think about the social pillar. Um, it, it's really hard to conceive of a an intimate encounter in in the world space. Mm. Um, and I again, I'm not meaning that like uh, the whole paladin's coming up your ass thing. Uh, it's this or is does he? this no. Okay, uh, he but does. you know these these the types of scenes that would be playing out in a film mm. where you know the camera's pushed in. It's a tight shot. There's something meaningful being exchanged. Right, the Aragorn and Rolini kneeling over uh, Sean yeah, Beam in yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, a perfect example. And the great part is, is you use that example. I was just about to pivot into, very likely, those are happening right on the heels of a fight. Oh, mm-hmm. right on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a perfect example. Is Yeah, near-death experiences really bond a party. And sure. seg- segueing in the, in the fight slash... Oh, the best pillar, combat. Space. Yeah. Well, I, I here's something that I will say is 
I think much like when we talked about encounters is finding ways that you can layer multiple experiences into the same encounter mm -hmm. adds a lot of texture. Finding something that I would say makes social awesome, but it also subsequently makes any of the other pillars awesome is a, a combat encounter does not simply need to be the entire party is hacking on a troll until someone finally throws acid on it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, amidst all of that hacking uh, and and fighting and struggling and and doing everything in your power to survive, which I think can sometimes be lost in the in the you know the the mechanical aspect of combat playing out. Mm. There are huge opportunities in the combat pillar to interject social. And just as we said, social can add so much yeah, weight to really why can. you're doing something. Mm -hmm. uh, the last fight that we just concluded, a number of social elements. Number. And one, one I'll bring up because I actually Please think do. it was a really uh, potent social moment was uh, you guys had accounted for uh, this is going to, the context is a little bit broad, so I'm not going to try to get, get too crazy on it, but effectively three crystals need mm -hmm. to be activated via a sacrifice. Someone needs Sowls. to sacrifice themselves such that they might bind this uh, right. fetal stone, god that is that is attempting to uh, take its true power. Mm -hmm. Two of those had been activated. And oh, one, about, oh, yeah. one more needed to be activated. Oh, that's going to come back to bite me too, yeah. And in the moment... I don't think there could be any argument that you could have used your turn doing anything more optimized. And this is an interesting thing because you it was a it was basically a social encounter. Mm -hmm. One of the men who was kind of serving alongside you, he happened to be an orc, but uh, they they were these kind of a uh, group of big bruisers. Some of them Fitzy have already and been Mitzi, killed. If I recall her correctly, what's her name? That's that's. Um... <sighs> I get one of them right. No, Ma <laughs> Maxi and Fisty were still uh, were still in the fight, and there basically was no one. I mean, short of one of the party members going, "I'm going over there and doing it." And, they fact, were, and they were starting fact, to. Aster was intending to go activate it, yeah, um, and turning to him and saying, "Buddy, I need you to. There's something I need you to do." It wasn't right. maybe wasn't phrased. Yeah, what I, was an interesting thing that happened was I first started being like, "Hey, just punch it. No big deal, man. I'll get rid of everything." And then Kel's like, I think he had a turn of like, oh, I like, I'm using him. This is not good. And he's like, hey, if you do this, you'll get revenge on everyone. Kind of was breaking, like, kind of. Right. And yeah, that's what I really wanted to touch on was it started out as what I would have, I was about to ask you for a deception roll. Yeah. And uh, as I was going, okay, what am I going to get? What am I, what role do I need here? Right. Uh, you kind of, you started pivoting a little bit in what you said and you kind of, went a lot more straight up with it. Yeah. And it and it completely changed the tone of that engagement for sure. Yeah, and I'm really glad it went that way, but Yeah, but it was so it was one of those it, it's it was one of the moments throughout combat and there are many of these that present themselves and this is a very explicit moment. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, we'll keep going, but but it was a, it was, it's a great example of by by rallying him to 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 do that now again with the low intelligence and some other things there's there's a number of ways you probably could have tackled that mm -hmm. um it i i would also like i said i would subsequently argue that there there's no attack no ability nothing you could have done that would have 
been more meaningful to that combat. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's not to say I would say mm. that might be an oddity. It's it's I rare that being able to I think say, that's a pretty odd no, big oddity. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not advocating that, hey, look for those opportunities where it's the best thing you can do in combat. I want to try to charm this uh zombie. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. He we could be best you, friends. You are a paladin. I think there's many a paladin out there who knows that zombies just haven't seen the light of their god or goddess. <laughs> or you're an um, evil uh, well, paladin, which is also but my real point in saying all of that is there are absolutely opportunities. And, and I think this is the the combat space mm. is the hardest place uh, in which to maintain mm. the social pillar. Okay. Because it's really easy. I mean, you got to think about this. Okay. Your character is fighting for their life. Mm-hmm. How many times have you said something at the table during combat? Where you sounded as though you thought you might die in the next, yeah, you know, it's a hard place, and, and that is not a criticism. It is a hard place to enact that. But where you can find those opportunities, those are your opportunities. Mm-hmm. You're you're hitting a little pepper, a little salt into the your fighting combat with if it's turning and shouting at someone, full blown like we need to get the fuck out of here. Things are falling right. apart. Things are going bad. If it's turning to your party member who you who is looking bad mm-hmm. and just saying like, you know, I'm sorry. Or I mean, oh, you know, God, it's what, right. what, whatever the, I mean, the amount of weight that starts getting injected in that situation, when the same social ties that have held this party together, the, the laughter that's transpired over ale at the tavern, uh, uh, a shoulder to cry on after a particularly bad fight, sitting around uh, a campfire in a miserable dungeon, all of those moments have so much flavor and weight mm-hmm. to them, and I would encourage everyone allow that to to transpire into the other pillars. And this, oh is, yeah, that can be said for all of the pillars. Yeah, allow, well, allow them to overlap. But sure, but I think social is the one that does it most naturally. Uh, yeah, and and I think that it's one of the strengths of that pillar is you can inject social anywhere. anywhere. And and don't use the fact that you're not in an obviously social space mm-hmm. as an excuse to not to not be thinking about what would my character think, feel, say mm-hmm. in this circumstance. Someone they really care about, their best friend is standing over there, mm-hmm. and just just got doused in acid. They're screaming. They're flailing around. I right. mean, you know, like what do they do in that instance? And that's yeah. that's yeah. another. I would say beyond the actual social actuation. When you're thinking in that space, I think you're not going to like this point. Uh, I think if you're saying, what does my character think? What does my character feel? What does my mm-hmm. character... In some cases, that's a headspace that is going to demand you to de-optimize what you're doing in combat out of out of just the sheer pull. Now, Unless you build a character that is specifically <laughs> battle, like he is a battle tactics through and through. Uh, so that's where Cal can kind of do that. And I was going to say, um, one thing I really liked that you did is you ne- you stopped us talking about tactics or talking about, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. We can't talk about that at the table. We have to keep that all to ourselves, and we just do it. And then we're able to talk a little bit during it. We have like a sentence maybe as an in- yeah. interact. But the that's typical, it. just you're shouting across the battlefield. But or- in those instances, we can actually like Cal, like outside of combat, Cal is actually quite a nice guy. He's yep. really kind to listen to you. In battle, he is giving barking orders. He is taking command. So it's it's a, seeing that side of him comes out in combat, yeah. which is really cool. That wouldn't happen if that didn't happen. What I really like about 
the the social like when you when you have taken social and cast it in the combat space is whereas Katarina for our campaign is the face yep. of the of the campaign within the social sphere. A rogue. A, a, a rogue, rogue versus a paladin, and it's the rogue that's the face. Yeah. But she's <laughs> also kidding. like monster persuasion, monster deception. Yeah, she took expertise monster, in it, so I yeah. can't say anything anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but what I love about it is on the battlefield, you are the face. Mm -hmm. And so that's uh, it's another call to say if if the the person at the bar who jumps up on the bar top and does a little jig and pulls out their loot and goes this is why you should give me free things um you know Bard the bards we're, we're referencing bards a lot in this it's because um, you can't help it there's this that amazing i mean they are hyper charismatic that so if you have a player at your table who's consistently able to pull that shit off mm -hmm. great but there might be other aspects of the game where you have huge social opportunities. Maybe you're a brooding kind of fighter type who mm -hmm. generally doesn't, you know, would certainly wouldn't climb up on the bar top and start dancing a jig. Um, your social opportunities might exist in one of the other pillars. So don't switch your social brain off when you're in those spaces oh, because those opportunities will present themselves. Absolutely. And it's a really cool thing for the other, the other players yeah. and the DM to be able to see you, engage with the with socially in a very different way right absolutely i could keep going down that i don't know if we want to keep hanging going no no i in fact i think we're uh i mean I, we've, we've talked a fair bit about social what you got hey you at home uh i want you to put in the comments i want you to rate your favorite pillars because i think social does fit into everyone really well but which are your favorites yeah Go i like one. that yeah a hierarchy yeah first second third yeah um yeah, well, I mean, why why are you sitting down at the table? Uh, and or, I mean, you know, in what order? Yeah, yeah. combat first. Um, but I mean, beyond a, that, a harder question because I was thinking about the same question is if you had to do away with one pillar. Ooh, okay. That's tough. skip my screw my thing. Yes. No, well, well, throw in both. You know, throw, just just keep it on. Like, and also, just let's know how you're doing. Hey, how how you doing down there? Just say I'm doing good. I'll we'll, we'll give you a little thumbs up. Yeah. And uh, we'll definitely know you watched the whole thing if you throw in the comments. Uh, jumps on the bar top and does a merry jig. Uh, there's virtually no way that you didn't. Yeah, you didn't if you stick put that us. in the comments, we know you're in our special in, uh, VIP club. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what that means, but you're you're there. Uh, for those of you who are catching us on YouTube right now, also know that uh, you can catch us on our. Uh, all of this content is available uh, via podcast mm -hmm. uh, everywhere everywhere that you get your podcast. We are oh, that's crazy. Yeah, we we're on everything across now. the board now. So. Ooh. We getting um, fancy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think uh give me just a a, a synopsis, a real quick summary right. of the player position, kind of kind of what we talked about. If you need to add any yeah. extra, yeah, extra uh, flavor I'll try to keep there. it uh, succinct. So as a player, um social, uh what makes it amazing as a player is it really allows you to embody your character. And as you get begin to embody your character, you get to see just it just makes a whole world more immersive. Right, and also allows you to just make so much more interesting relationships with the players at your at your table and with your DM. Some of my favorite relationships are with his uh, DM PCs, um, but there is that fear there. And hey, don't do what you're comfortable with. But if you're like, hey, that kind of sounds fun, as as you said, just do it, uh, try it. Yeah, I would definitely say. If you have an inclination to try it, 
do push the envelope get mm-hmm. step out of your com- it it will be out of your comfort zone and you might feel awkward it. yeah you'll feel awkward but you're always awkward the first time you try something that you're, you've never done before unless you're crazy good at it or something a bard yeah or you like have acting experience or something weird like that but yeah so th- that would be my big thing and uh, uh for as a player to dms um yeah, I love when you give us these hooks where you allow us to to, to explore that space. And uh, I kind of hit it on there, making interesting characters for us to interact with. Yeah. Um, I really think that, um, as with any aspect of the game, if, if you're putting interesting things in the world, your players will interact with them. Mm-hmm. And if those interesting things happen to be characters with personas, with... Uh, voices with you know what whatever it is your characters generally will respond in kind mm-hmm. not always but just you i mean by this point you know your tables you know your i would certainly say dms who are looking to start a table know that you you are the the cornerstone of what that experience is going to be and if you run your games by saying the the barmaid brings you eight drinks and sets them on the table and then she leaves. I give then, you two gold and <laughs> Yeah. I mean and again, that is that that sounds a little bit like a, a denigration. It isn't. It's just if if that's what you want, you just don't get much out of the personas and the voices. Yeah. Great. But I uh, so I will advocate for there is no experience like it. Mm-hmm. Or I should say Tabletop, outside but, of tabletop gaming, yeah. um, consider that for people who love the game, mm-hmm. um, that great. You love the combat, you love the looting. The social can make all of that more meaningful. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, the the reason you're there clearing out that dungeon is driven by some um, emotionally tethered motivation. Uh, when you finally slay that that boss at the end of the dungeon, you're going to know you're going to be able to go back to those people and they will be properly rejoicing, not not the players. The the, the town seems uh, rejo- uh, overjoyed that you slayed the monster. You know, I mean, yeah, you, it you makes want, things more you want, you know, and, and, and so don't, uh, I would say don't shy away from it. I know it's not everybody's uh, first pick as far as the uh, pillars go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but I think it's it's one of the pillars that really, the more you do, the more you do it, the more you like doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that comes from someone who loves the social or someone who full blown power game min maxes. Yeah. Um, there, it, it really does grow on you. I guess it really you does. Uh, yeah. Um, so all you DMs out there, uh, you know, I'd love to hear in the comments. I know we touched on comments in a second. I'd just love to hear. Um, you know, I want to hear what the most meaningful social interaction that you've ever witnessed play out between, it could be one of your NPCs and uh, a character um, or between two characters, but uh, talk with us about those moments that are going on at the game mm-hmm. and the ways that you're integrating social, maybe in ways that, that, uh, yeah. that would defy expectation. Ooh, or um, like, yeah, some really cool social thing that you was like totally unexpected. Those yeah. are fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I love reading that stuff. I love thinking about the ways I can integrate yeah, those. Inspires cool us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, beyond that, I think we are just about wrapped up Let's on pillar one, the social pillar. You want to take us out, sir? All right, give me a situation. Um, well, we were just talking about social the entire time. Yeah, we did. So, so I think it's only fitting. 
Your uh, glass looking a little low there, boy. What can I get you? You know, oh, you're a nice guy, and I like you. I'll take every, I'll take everything, cause the world is yours. <laughs>